And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Look, it's been about two years since we've had a tribal council that crazy. Uh, but look, we're finally back. We got an insane tribal council tonight, Survivor Season 42, Episode 3. We are going to break it all down right here. I am your host, Dylan Bird, alongside my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. And Ryan, what can I say? It's like Survivor. This is the vision that they had for this new era, and it finally came through tonight. Dylan, listen, we're going to have a discussion. I know you want to change our time slots. I, I'm going to speak first and say that we're not changing. I'm not changing my vote on this, and you can do whatever you want here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, as Ryan was saying, normally we go through this in chronological order, you know, kind of go through the episode as it goes. Tonight, obviously, there is one major thing we have to talk about, and that is Tribal Council. That is, you know, the way everything went down. As soon as you saw we're going to Tribal Council at 8.43, as soon as you saw we have the immunity challenge at 8.10, you knew something was up tonight, and boy, you know, did it deliver. So excited to talk about that. Now, you know, want to uh, thank everyone who's watching live and just, you know, as normal, be sure to put any questions you have in the live chat. We will answer them all. If you're not watching it live and watching it later, be sure to comment on this video with any questions you have. We'll get back to you. Tweet at us as well. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soul Survivor Pod. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, any other place you would listen. We will be there. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple. It really helps us out. But again, most importantly, like this video and subscribe to this channel if you are here, if you're watching. Very excited to get going here. So, Jenny, Jenny goes home tonight, and let me just say, Ryan, out of all the players who have gone out brutally in Survivor, this is right up there with them. I feel bad. I feel so bad for Jenny, and obviously, if you go on Twitter or you look elsewhere on the internet, people will agree. I mean, Jenny really did nothing wrong here. All you can maybe argue is she could have spoken up more, but she really was put in a bad spot, didn't do anything really to sink her own game here. I think other people played definitely less optimally this episode. And it's hard to see, I mean, it's hard, so hard to see her go. I mean, people loved her in terms of her success on the triangles in the first episode, and then she crushed the dragon wheel challenge. And people like, she was very likable too. So people had high hopes for her. So I don't know if we'll see Jenny again, but I do feel bad. and. Hopefully she gets another shot. Yes, I do agree. Uh, I'm just, you know, trying to push these, uh, get the get the tweets out that we're live right now. But yeah, uh, I agree. And somebody commented on one of our tweet, one of our tweets, and was like, you know, like Jenny, like would be the ultimate second chance to uh, person who deserves another shot. And I agree. You know, somebody who looked like such a strong player um, early on in this game. You know, even from episode one where she's counting all all the pieces, she seemed very, you know rational strategic had a good alliance with mike was going to be in the majority uh, you know until chanel makes a decision which we're going to talk about uh yeah. tonight and that was you know risking her vote and losing her vote ultimately you know if that doesn't if, if chanel decides to protect her vote jenny could end up being a player that goes far in this game and it comes down to that yeah, I mean, listen, we, we're going to go into all this in terms of breaking down tribal, but they say, Dylan, this butterfly effect. And if people don't know what the butterfly effect is, is like one action you make has larger implications later in life or later in, in the game. So in this example, you can make the argument that, yes, if Chanel doesn't risk her vote, maybe none of this happens. Or you could even go backwards one more time and say, if Taku doesn't send Chanel to Shipwheel Islands and they send somebody else, then this also maybe doesn't happen to Jenny. So it's crazy how one decision really has rippling implications across the game so i can't wait to break this whole crazy tribal down yeah so let's so let's start with where where this all gets started and it's when chanel gets sent with omar to you know the remote island to go on the you know on the journey that everybody else has gone where they have to walk up you know the entire the entire hill and the entire mountain and then they have the decision to make which is the prisoner's dilemma and this time it was only with two people um obviously like we've seen in season 41 in the beginning of season 42, if Omar and Chanel both risk their vote, then they both lose their vote. If they both protect their vote, then they both keep their vote and nothing happens. If one risks and one protects then the person who risks gets the extra vote and the person who protects nothing happens. So I actually thought that they had a very good read on each other and they were going to like, this was going to be like, boom, boom. And they were going to figure it out. And it was almost like a reverse psychology thing, which is obviously what this is designed to do where, um, you know, Chanel thought she made such a good relationship with Omar that Omar was going to let her get the vote. And Omar was thinking, well, Chanel needs this vote for tribal council. She's going to protect her vote. And then next thing we know, both of them are risking their vote. Um, personally, I was in shock that Chanel decided to risk her vote here. 
I mean, just just an insane thing to do. And and as you know, you've mentioned before, and Stephen Fishback always says this on his on his podcast. When was the last time like an extra vote like actually was used properly? That was like actually the determining factor to get somebody out of the game. Like an extra vote is something that sounds a lot better than it is, but rarely is it needed. Like rarely do you actually have it in the perfect situation to use it. So you know, an extra vote is not actually an end all be all thing. You could you definitely in this game, it's more important to have numbers than an extra vote. Because at the end of the day, numbers are your votes. So, you know, Chanel, shocking decision to risk her vote. And then I think it was, you know, that moment where she gets back to tribal, uh, back to the beach. And Daniel greets her and she was like bending over. And like, I think like, that was the moment she realized like she screwed up and she probably should not have risked her vote. Um, but yeah, Chanel had no votes. And as a result, the only people who were able to vote were Daniel, Jenny, um, High, and Lydia. And as a result, we ended up with the 2-2 split of Jenny and um, Daniel voting for Lydia and Lydia and High voting for Jenny. And then so we this, ended up with 2-2 split. Yeah. So, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, I, I also agree. Um, and I was telling you before the podcast, I can't wait to rewatch this episode or at least the Tribal Council portion and then also see what Twitter's saying, watch some other podcasts, kind of just get my whole like 360 view of the situation because there's so many ways that you can look at this and kind of analyze, you know, each person's, you know, decision making in this episode from the uh, Green Vati tribe. But yeah, I, I'm a little surprised Chanel risked her vote here. And in terms of the editing in the episode, yeah, they made it seem like Omer and Chanel were going to maybe align in the future. They were on the same wavelength. Uh, he knows that she's going to tribal. So he's like, okay, well, I don't want you to be in a bad spot. So if anything will hurt us, let's not do that. If we can both get something great. If we can't, let's not screw ourselves over. And then as he's the only one reading the votes and then Chanel's slowly walking down the hill, I'm like, oh no, I can read this from a mile away. They're both going to say, well, he he wants to keep me safe. So I'm going to risk it. And he's saying, well, she's not going to risk it tonight. So I'll risk it. And then they both end up losing their vote. And I'm like, it's a, it's a comedy of errors. So it yeah, just... I yeah, go ahead. And I want to give a shout out to the editors as well. That was like the perfect uh, editing to show us how each came to their decision. Obviously, this was not a smart move by Chanel um, to risk her vote this early in a game in such a pivotal tribal council. I mean, you have numbers. You're you're about to go up 4-1 on the numbers. And you know that. You're about to go up 4-1 on the numbers. And because you knew that she, she knew that her and Daniel were in the middle. So either side they went with, they were going to go 4-1 on the numbers. And they basically blew four one lead so yeah i mean that that's 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 you know a a brutal part and one of my friends that you know i text with while the show's going on he made a good point like from chanel's pregame press we saw she was going to be very aggressive you know she she was not going to be somebody who you know kind of laid back and was conservative um and in this this moment it was definitely too aggressive of a move too early on yeah and speaking of being aggressive um before we, we even get to tribal I think that another reason that shows, and listen, I really like Chanel. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think she had a great episode tonight. I, I'm still hoping that she can pull it out. I think she has a lot of potential as a game player, which is why uh, in I, I did do a quick draft with my friends before the season, and I do have Chanel on my team, so I'm kind of hoping for her to do well. But, um, you know, she gets back to camp, and like you mentioned, she gets off the boat, and she's like kind of bending over, kind of like, oh, no, I got to tell Daniel I risked the vote. And Daniel's like, okay, I've been looking for you. Here's the plan. We're going to do four votes on Jenny, two votes on, um, two votes are going to go on Lydia, but we have the numbers. We're fine. She goes, I don't have a vote. And he's like, oh no. Because then he realizes Mike doesn't have a vote and Chanel has no votes. Like you mentioned, the four voting um, are going to be, are going to be, you know, Lydia high, um, Jenny and high, and it's going to lead to a potential two, two splits. So Chanel comes up with the idea and Daniel helps to push it along the first ever vote, which I'm so sad didn't happen. Dylan is, um, she was trying to make a two, one, one plurality vote where she was going to try to get Lydia and high in fear of an idol to split their votes where girls vote, Jenny boys vote, Mike, and hopefully the two of them will split their votes. And then chanel not chanel um daniel and jenny can carry the day and get rid of lydia but high was skeptical high didn't buy this yeah i mean theoretically you know it makes theoretically like it makes sense that you know there could be concern that mike doesn't have an idol because i think basically the whole tribe probably knows that that there's an idol floating around and maybe that even he has it i don't know if we don't really know if high or lydia know i think it's very possible that they do know um so like it makes sense theoretically but like 
why would you why are you ever trusting somebody about a plurality vote with on a tribe of six it just seems a little bit too sketchy too soon in the game to pull this off and i think high like kind of realized that chanel you know kind of went completely frantic after coming back that there was something going on here so yeah look, obviously high had the best episode here by far where yeah. you know he kind of sniffs out that this whole thing is going to go on and you know daniel was a little bit you know, loose mouth the tribal council where, you know, he kind of gives away that the people he trusts the most are Mike and Chanel. And that was the moment that, that he knew specifically that they were, that he was turning. It was like, you know, Jeff, Jeff, you know, does a great job of getting information out of people, but you know, you know, most people are kind of know what to do at this point. And he just didn't hold back. He was like, Oh, well, Mike comforts me. Chanel comforts me. And then just stopped. My mom comforts, comforts me. And it was that moment where hi. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look. So now, now let's get into the actual numbers. Well, actually, before we oh. get to numbers, I do have to. I do have to quickly say, and I think this comes back to what we always talk about about reading body language. And you know, this is why Zach and Mariah played their shots in the dark because they could just read from people that they were in trouble. And yes, you're having conversations, you know, in the first few days where people are chatting with you normally, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, we're good, don't worry." And then right before tribal, the way they talk to you changes, and you say, "Okay, something in my gut feels off here. I feel unsafe." So to your point, when um, High says in confessional, "Well, Chanel's been very level-headed, very, um, very calm and cool. She's very collected in terms of how she thinks about the game." And now all of a sudden, she comes back and she's like, "All right, we have to split the votes because of an idol." And he's like, "That's not." your your mo that's not your style so he picks up on that and then like you just mentioned um at tribal daniel's like i feel safe with mike and with chanel and high's like you don't feel safe with me i always try to liken things back to previous seasons of survivor because it kind of puts it into perspective of why things are good or bad so this obviously reeks of the tribal council with danielle and russell and heroes versus villains where um you know danielle's like you know i feel safe with russell and parv and then jerry's like you don't feel safe with me or we have four person alliance. So like when you don't let the people in your alliance know that they, they feel safe with you, that's a really bad sign. So I'm, I'm proud of high for picking up on these two red flags and you can see the whole tribal, his face is like, something's wrong. Something is definitely off here. Right. Right. And that's a good point and a good analogy to a previous season. And, you know, we get, so we get the numbers here end up being uh, Daniel and, um, Daniel and who might Daniel and Jenny vote for Lydia. Correct. And then we have um, Lydia and High voting for Jenny. So we end up with a 2 2 split. Now there's a revote. Both um, Jenny and Lydia cannot vote again in the revote. And we get a 1 1 split of uh, a 1 1 split in, 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 uh, in uh, the uh, third episode of the season. Yeah. High's like, where are the rest? Where are the votes? Yeah, where, where are the rest? Right. So this is a, a crazy, crazy thing. Is like, there's like no votes here. Uh, on an early tribal council right so now we have you know after the after both of them tie again now daniel and high are forced to you know decide between themselves who is going to go home and if they can't go to a decision then it goes to rocks however the decision cannot be made by mike and chanel because they did not have a vote in the tribal council so now we only have two people deciding who goes home two people on opposite sides and then if they did not choose, it would be a one in four chance that they go home because rocks would go to Mike and Chanel still. So it's either you just come to an agreement or you risk a, or you put yourself at a 25% chance of going home in episode three, of the season, the first time your tribe is going to tribal council, a crazy yeah. dilemma for Daniel and high right away. Yeah. So, and I, and I think it's interesting. Um, and I'll say this just at the risk of, you know, embarrassing myself later, but, you know, I did take a negotiation class in college and, and, I, and I think a negotiation class is great for anybody in business or also people who, um, you know, are going on Survivor, especially. I think Chanel even said she took a negotiation class, which we'll get to Chanel in a second because I did I did like one thing she did say here, though. Um, but, you know, Daniel opens up as he he's a law clerk. So Daniel wants to kind of set his opening argument. And he says, look, guys, we are fans of the show. It's day seven. I don't want us going to rock. So let's well i guess he's talking to high because only him and high are deciding but high let's please come to a, a consensus i don't want to go to rocks right away now high being a data scientist you know knows on a tribe of soon to be five having the numbers is super critical here because it only takes three in the tribe of five and if he has lydia he only needs one more and as soon as high realizes that daniel is willing to flip or he's willing to do anything it takes to not go to rocks high plants his flag in the sand and he says Okay, well, you're you're wishy-washy on this. 
I'm not changing my mind. Lydia's staying with us. You can either vote with me or we're going to rocks. And as soon as he did that, he got the upper hand. They always talk about negotiation, kind of negotiating from a position of power. And High, as soon as Daniel admitted that he was going to do whatever it took to not go to rocks, High said, all right, I'm going to get what I want and I'm okay going to rocks because he knew Daniel wasn't going to do it. Yeah, and and this was, I know you bring up a good point. This was where Daniel screwed up in this episode the most is, you know, he started leaving the door open and then High obviously... If obviously if High agrees to send Lydia home, then he's down four one in a tribe of five. And if they lose one more time, he's screwed. There's no idol left to be found on the island that Mike has. He's completely screwed, basically, if if this happens, unless some kind of miracle happened and they won out or he flipped somebody over. And then even still it's it's uh, you know, it's it even if he flipped somebody over, it's still three two. So he'd have to flip two more people on his side. So he knew that he was screwed if he could not keep Lydia. Okay. So um, he, so the thing that Daniel probably should have done is he probably should have said, I have Mike here. I have Chanel here. We all three of us wanted Lydia to go home. Um, and we're not moving off of that. Like that's, that's what, that's what the vote would have been. Had Mike and Chanel had a vote. Um, this is what we're going to do. We want Lydia out. And, and then he could have evaluated from there what High's response would be. Instead, like you said, he continued his wishy-washy way of, about him. And as soon as High sensed that he was willing to potentially flip on Jenny, then that was the moment that High was very, very much able to say confidently, I'm not moving. I'm willing to go to rocks. And then Daniel quickly panicked. Yeah. And and back to what I was saying about Chanel, and, and I could be wrong here, so I do want to get like another opinion on this. At first, I mean, granted, I, I think Chanel made some bad mistakes this episode, but I think in this moment, I think she kind of tried to stay as neutral as she could because obviously, as we see him the next time on, Mike is pissed at Daniel. And to be fair, if Chanel was kind of back on Daniel's side and really with Daniel the whole time, then she also would have gotten Mike's wrath as well. It seemed like from the tribal council, Mike is more mad at um, Daniel than Chanel. And I think he, he knows that if Chanel had a vote... I think he knows that they were, I mean, it was clear from the, uh, the way the votes were going to go down that the four of them wanted Lydia to go. It only didn't work because Chanel lost her votes because Mike knows Chanel was with him. And I think th the reason why I'm saying this is because when they kept saying, Chanel, you tell Daniel who you want to go home. And she's like, I'm not going to give him a name. It's your decision. So she didn't want to show her cards anymore because now in this situation, even though she lost her votes for this tribal council and she didn't get an extra vote. We're going to get into this in a second in terms of where does each member of this tribe now stand. But now Mike is mad at Daniel. Obviously, Daniel's a little bit pissed off at Chanel because Chanel kind of screwed him here in a way. But I think Liddy and High are happy that, you know, Liddy didn't go home. So even though Chanel and Daniel are kind of in a rough spot now, I think Chanel not willing to give a name and say, yeah, I agree. I want Jenny to go. Mike's, Mike is still in his mind. I can still trust Chanel here. That, that That's my perception, at least. Yeah, that, that's an interesting perception. I So here's the thing is that a lot of people are going to sit here and say, well, why would Daniel throw Chanel under the bus? Um, and I think that, you know, while it seems like a snake type thing to do this early in the game, I actually don't think Daniel comes away from this in a bad spot. I think Chanel comes away in the worst spot out of everybody. Um, obviously, we see next episode that Mike is going to be very mad at Daniel, but... At the same time, and Daniel knows this, Mike has already told Daniel about the idol. Daniel already knows about Mike's idol. Mike doesn't really have anywhere else to go. He could go to Chanel, but then at the same time, it, they, could, they could be a two, but they're probably still going to be outnumbered three to two, assuming Daniel now goes with High, um, High and Lydia. So Daniel kind of, he's kind of maintaining his spot in the middle. And, he, and I also think that he could potentially be in the majority still. I think there's a, a slight chance that him and High... And especially Lydia, I think, is going to feel like possibly that she owes her game to Daniel because Daniel ends up saving her. Hi, maybe Hi and Daniel have some kind of, you know, maybe they are on on the, you know, the right the right footing after this. You know, there of course, there's still the chance that Hi and Lydia could be like, he tried to turn on us. He still needs to go, even though he saved us. There is the chance of that. But I, I have a gut feeling that Daniel will be fine after this um, because I still think he's going to have Mike. And I still think that, Lydia and High will feel like they kind of owe something to Daniel. I think it's really Chanel who could find herself in a tough spot, mainly because, you know, Daniel throws her under the bus. He, Daniel kind of pushes her right to the bottom. Um, so like I said, Mike and Chanel could team up all they want. 
it doesn't mean they'll have the numbers in a five-person tribe. So I, I think Daniel may be in a better spot now that than people think. Obviously, this was still not the ideal scenario for him. I mean, I, I think I think it's really interesting. I mean, again, I gave you my perception, but I'm honestly not going to feel sure about it until I, you know, rewatch it or I get more uh, information or, you know, I, once I get proven right or wrong next week. But I think the reason why people are saying that about Daniel and I and I do kind of I do still like Daniel as a character. I think he's amazing to watch and we'll get to some other stuff later. But, you know, the, I think the reason why people are saying this is because one when high says to him, like, when did I lose your trust? And like, you know, what was the plan? And he's like, when did Chanel tell you that he was kind of exposed to lying to high and Lydia. Now Chanel did it too, but I think the edits seem to make it look like Daniel and high were closer than high and Chanel. So I think high feels maybe a bit more burned by Daniel in this case. So I think that's why it looks bad that he lied to, you know, high and Lydia in this situation. And because he, you know, kind of, kind of like eventually flipped on his vote here, Mike's mad at him. And obviously Chanel's pissed off because he threw, like you said, he threw Chanel right into the bus. So I think you're right that Chanel didn't come off looking great here, but I think that's why Daniel, um, people are saying Daniel's in the worst spot because of those factors. And I think the other thing with Mike as well is that Daniel knows that this is the move he has to make in the situation because Mike still has no votes. He can't vote until Ika, the blue tribe finds their beware advantage. So at this point, Mike can be as mad as he wants because I, I, and I guess high is realizing this too, in a way, like Mike, he can be as mad as he wants, but Mike can't vote until all three tribes find the thing. So Mike is just sitting there without a vote, hoping that people are on his side. And if they keep him, it's because of his challenge strength. So again, we're going to, we're, it'll be really curious to see what happens next week. If this tribe goes back to tribal, because it looks like they're not swapping. So you, you actually bring up a good point. And it's something that I didn't necessarily consider. And right. And we know that Mike could, Mike could possibly activate this at any time he, he wants. Now that's the thing is like, is like Daniel betrayed him um, in a way by, you know, by turning on Jenny and ended, ending up voting her out. So Mike could simply say, I'm not going to listen to Daniel and do what he says. I'm just going to activate the idol when it needs to be activated. And we heard Marianne say the phrase tonight. So we know that she, that she activated it. Now, once the blue tribe finds their idol and he's, he hears both of them say it, he could easily activate it and at least survive another tribal council. And most importantly, get his vote back. So I don't think that Mike is really going to have his vote gone for that long. However, if he does have his vote gone for that long, then it becomes more interesting because I think that Lydia and High, if they wanted to, could always, could always just pull Chanel in um, to vote out Daniel. But at the same time, I would think that High and Lydia should also be not happy at all with Chanel. As at the end of the day, Daniel wasn't wrong. Like she wanted Lydia out. So, um, you know, it's going to come down to what really happens when they get back to camp and, you know, flesh all of these things out. Because at the end of the day, Chanel was basically the, re- you know, was a major reason why everything that happened happened tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, originally she wanted Lydia home. If she did not make the make the move that was not smart to risk her vote, then at, then at the end of the day, Lydia is going home and highs by himself, you know, on a one man island on this tribe. So, um so, you know, there is reason for them to be mad at Chanel. Also, it's just going to, you know, be, do they trust Daniel moving forward? The fact that he decided to go with them here, or was this, he betrayed them and it's just going to be it, even though that he did end up, you know, agreeing to vote out Jenny. Yeah. And I have to give, um, obviously I gave high a lot of credit in terms of him, you know, you know, planting his foot down and saying, he's not going to flip on Lydia. And I gave him credit for, you know, also, having those right reads but i i mean i think this also goes into the fact that lydia and high i give them credit because they obviously the edits made it look like okay they may split their votes and you know like you pointed out earlier it's really scary to split your vote in um um it's really scary to split your vote in a six person tribe because there's so few numbers there and anything any one flip can go awry um but obviously high and lydia figured out well you know they're telling us a split here, but that doesn't really make sense. Chanel's acting weird. Let's keep it where it is. Cause then obviously, you know, Lydia would have left. So, you know, I do give them credit for kind of sniffing this out. Cause again, you, I think we've seen this before Dylan and I'll go back to another example where we've seen a two, two, two split in a former season. I think we saw this in co wrong when it was the brains tribe and they wanted to break up um, Liz and Peter and they did do a, a two-two-two split, so it, it's possible to do it. But your your four has to be locked in, and I guess High just realized that this four was not as locked in as he thought. Now, the one last thing I w- I will say about Tribal, unless you, unless you have anything else uh, before we get to the rest of the episode, is 
they, they made it look like Chanel was mouthing Lydia to Daniel, and Daniel's like, yeah, I got it. And Hai was like, ooh, I don't like that. Now, granted, it could have been just editing where he didn't really see her saying it, but he just he looks kind of paranoid the whole tribal council. When we went to the vote at like 841, I thought for sure Hai was actually gonna, gonna get out of his seat and he was gonna have we were gonna have a live tribal, like you mentioned to me uh when we texted. So the fact that we then didn't have that and we had this whole discussion was crazy because I thought for sure Hyde was getting dead vibes and he was going to get up and he was going to walk over to Chanel or something. Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a live tribal also. Um, that would have been crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, like I'm happy that we did. I'm happy have, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm happy we didn't have a live tribal. Like it felt like this was, you know, it, it was good that because pe people always have the debate about whether they like the live tribals or not because craziness happens. It's not necessarily the best thing ever. So. I'm happy that it was not a live tribal. I think it played out better because of that. Now, before we move on, I just want to say I was so impressed with Hyde tonight. And, you know, we expected him to be a big player in this game, and it's clear that he's going to be. Um, you know, I want to read a tweet quickly. I retweeted it from our account, but uh, Wendell had the perfect tweet after this episode ended. And he said, I'll read it, you know, word for word here. Wendell says on Twitter, quote, in standing his ground, Hyde just strong-armed his way into a majority as opposed to being the sole bottom uh, player, a uh, person. Wow, hell of a play. Hashtag Survivor. So that's exactly what happens. Like he was going to be one verse four, and now he is two verse one verse one verse one. Like we, we, even, we don't even know if they're together. So him and Lydia are the only two that are like very strong. We know for sure on this tribe. Um, I would assume that you know, either Daniel or Mike or somebody's going to float over there. So at the end of the day, he's going to end up being the, 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 uh, in the majority, I would think high, um, because I would think that Mike Chanel and Daniel are dead at this point in terms of their trust. So high, unless something insane happens is going to be in the majority of this tribe. Um, we know that they're most likely not swapping and you would confidently say that high forced them to blow for, uh, for basically blow for to lead. So not, not as bad as the Falcons pulling a 28 to three lead, but, that, but that's <laughs> separate. Um, and I think right. the thing about high as well that I'm liking is a lot. And also high is on my draft team as well. I, I had high Chanel. I had Mariah, Mariah, if she, in fairness, she was my last pick and it wasn't, it wasn't a great last pick, but um, I, I was happy with high and Chanel heading into tonight. Now I'm, I'm happier with high, but um, what I was going to quickly say was that, you know, don't forget if we don't swap and we head into the merge uh, right now, we're at final, uh, we're at final what 15 now? No, cause Jackson left. So we're at final, I think 14. So we're probably going to merge in like two or three votes. Um, and high is in a good position on this tribe. And don't forget if he holds true, not holds true, but he thinks in his mind, he might have Lindsay and Drea because they all have the amulets unless this puts a bounty on high's head. And he wants to go after uh, Lindsay and Drea, unless they all team up for some reason, but it'll be interesting to see what happens on this tribe going forward. And also with Chanel, one last thing, I feel like at this point, unless they come to an understanding, Omar and Chanel aren't going to want to work together because it looked like they had a good bond. And right away, they both were like, nah, we're going to just we're going to just not risk our votes. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the amulets is something that's going to be forgotten until it actually becomes it comes into play again. So mm -hmm. that'll be have to be kind of re-explained once we get to that. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting what happens going forward. And we can, you know, we can kind of talk about the rest of the episode here. Um, and then, you know, any questions we have about Tribal Council, we will address at the end of the show. Once again, just wanted to remind everyone, if you're watching this live, be sure to drop any questions you have into the comments and, you know, the live chat, and we will answer it. Um, now we can, you know, kind of go back to the beginning of this episode. Obviously, most of the episode ha did have to do with this Tribal Council uh, going to the island. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what happened at the very beginning of the episode. We don't get anything from Ika this episode, um, which is interesting. And I'm kind of surprised that they did not go to tribal council because normally I'm reading the edit and I'm like, oh no, we didn't see anything um, from the oh. blue tribe before tribal council. And but you know what? This is a nice, a nice uh, surprise from the editing there to switch it up a little bit. So we don't get anything from blue. We got the most from blue probably up until this point. So I think that's why the editors felt like it was okay to not show us anything because they weren't going to really have a big impact at all. But we don't see anything except for the challenge for them. So we do start at Taku, and it is shown that Marianne. Uh, reveals to the tribe kind of an excitement when she gets back in a, a four-person tribe so it could easily be two two you know we, we talk about not having opportunities to use the extra vote properly like this could have been an opportunity she could have she tells everybody in excitement that she has an extra vote 
what do you think about this ryan and <sighs> and like what what is the reasoning behind this I mean, I mean, listen, I think Boston Rob and a few other former players have said it well, where it's like this new school era, just they, they can't keep anything to themselves. I don't know if it's, you know, a new generation of players, if it's because, you know, they had to go through a quarantine. So they're, you know, super hyped up. I'm not sure if it's because, you know, it's a fast paced game, but these players lately just they, they can't keep any secrets. I mean, like at this point, you have to tell somebody or, or you're, you're going to lose your mind. So, I mean, I, I can't believe she did this. But then again. I, I mean, what do I know? Um, and, and listen, like, like you mentioned, Lindsay in confessionals, like, look, I love Marianne and I like our four person group here, but I'm a little une uneasy about her having this power as well, because now they know that she has the extra votes and what we'll see in, in uh, coming up next, that it looks like they are going to know she has something else as well. So they were already going to vote out Marianne, maybe because she was either too likable or had too much energy. Now they have the ammunition of you've got one, maybe two advantages, kind of a uh, risky place for Marianne to be here yeah yeah I, I thought it was an insane move to tell everyone about the extra vote obviously that's not something you need to tell everyone it's something you could hold on to for a while or until you need it in a small four-person tribe so crazy move I think you know ultimately it's probably what's gonna be Marianne's downfall um in this game at the same time like you know people are gonna use that advantage and, and people on her tribe and you know possibly people beyond her tribe are gonna use all this info that they know to their advantage, it's not going to help her out at all. Um, then she finds the beware advantage right after that, kind of with Omar. Um, and it looked like she was she did tell the whole tribe that also. So everybody knows what Marianne has. Like I don't know what her what what is going through her mind here. Like you know that there's four people. You know that there's four people left in the tribe. You know that you were kind of possibly on the outs last time, even though they voted out Mariah. You know you're probably next to go if you lose what's the point of is the point of telling everyone just like well if i don't if i don't give everyone this information then they're gonna vote me out uh or and maybe like this is a reason for them to keep me so they could use these advantages and use these use the this information that's the only thing i could think of because otherwise it doesn't really make any sense i mean i feel like it comes down to, you know, every player, you know, plays this game differently. Some people are more self-interested. Some people are, are, are all about the tribe. It's a team game, even though it's not a team game at all. I think Marianne, and I, I don't know if it's because she's 25, 24, maybe it's because she's, you know, a, she's a seminary student and she, you know, you know, faith and family is important to her, but she seems to be all about the tribe. Like, I think what we, you and I thought from the preseason, from the, the, the commercials, and obviously we saw tonight with Omar and Marianne finding the beware advantage, we thought this was going to be our 2-2-2, you know, tribe division, which ended up being the green tribe. But I thought it was going to be Omar and Marianne, and she would have just told Omar. But we see here that she tells everybody left about the beware and about the extra vote. And I just think for her, it just comes down to she feels like this tribe is her family, and she wants to tell them everything. And I, you can also tell by her phrasing. She doesn't just say, I want to let you guys know I have an extra vote. She goes, look, guys, we're still a tight four. But we have five and we have five votes. So right. she she clearly like wants to use it for the group. And Lindsay and I'm sure Omar is too, seem like more self-interested players, which you have to be, where they're like, Okay, I'm glad she has this, but I don't know how I feel about her having that much power. So we'll have to see what happens with Taku. And then before we move on, you're also right that um we saw nothing of Ika. I, I was shocked at first because the editors did throw us off, but then I realized we barely saw Luvu at all last season because they never lost. So they threw us for a curveball, and I was wrong. I thought for sure Ika was going to be our disaster tribe, and it turns out it's been pretty even so far. Every tribe has lost. Every tribe lost one challenge so far, right? Yeah, and I like when it's more even. This way, we get I to agree. See, we get to see gameplay. It's not like Luvu where they're they're going in overpowered at the merge one tribe, and then like we don't know any of them. They're going in overpowered, but we don't know any of them. So yeah, I mean, I every tribe. Yeah, well, every tribe would have five except for Jackson getting medevac. Everybody, everybody, they would all be even at this point. Right. Uh, I also got to say before we move on as well, and I, I retweeted this because Dalton Ross had a funny tweet of uh, Stephen Fishback crying. Did you catch when Marianne was like, I'm a super fan. I've seen every episode of Survivor except for six episodes of Token Jeans. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. why did you miss half of Token Jeans? It's a great season. And and Stephen Fishback was like, I'll try not to take that personally that you missed half of Token Jeans. But just there's so <laughs> weird thing that she said. Of all seasons to miss, half of. 
Yeah. And uh and then and then yeah, that, that is pretty funny. And then we go to we you know after that we went to Vati where, you know, the Green Tribe, where Daniel Daniel, you know, he he has been, you know, being a little shady. Uh even though he seems that before this he seemed to have a good relationship with everybody. It, it's like Mike kind of mentioned it was being like a little bit like too he was almost like too obsessed with the fact that he had an idol. So like it was it raised some red flags. However, Mike, the dynamic between Mike and Daniel was absolutely hilarious to the mm-hmm. point where like they were losing the idols. Daniel dropped the idol in the bushes. He put the note in his pants. He forgot he had the note in his pants. He gave it, he gave everything to Mike. He found it, you know, like that was, that was a hilarious moment. I, I hope that those two could kind of make up here and stay together strong because this is an unbelievably hilarious duo. That would be like, and again, we could kind of already see if they stick together long-term, they're going to be all over the place in this game. And that, that, that you need the chaotic players to make a great season. So Mike and Daniel being two of seemingly the most like chaotic players on the season to be together seems very, seems like it has a lot of potential to be great TV. So I hope that they stick together. Listen, as a viewer, I completely co-sign. I, I, I am all for chaos. Anything chaotic makes for a more fun and messy season. And, you know, just seeing this, we talk about the odd couple of Omar and Jonathan on Taku, but just this relationship between Mike and Daniel is so much fun because Daniel's so neurotic and Mike is just so like by the book and just so, um, you know, regimented in how he does stuff. I, you could tell he's getting so fed up when Daniel comes over to him, when he's trying to talk with Jenny, he's like, Hey, I need to read the fine print. And Mike's like, I almost lost it. I don't want to take it out again. And then he finally gives it to him. Then he loses it because he has half of it in his pants. And then, the idol fell out in the sand, but then he gave him back like, you know, one half of the note. So Mike was getting so fed up with, with Daniel at this point. And I mean, listen, I didn't know if Daniel was going to go home at some point tonight. Obviously he was before this vote was positioned well enough where it wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, Mike is getting more and more fed up with Daniel. And, and I, and I can't blame him in terms of Daniel trying to read the fine prints and then almost losing his idol. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's Daniel is a roller coaster ride, and I, it's it's one of the reasons that you know I'm, I'm excited to see him going forward, especially his position in the tribe. Now it's like he just went from like a great position to potentially on the bottom. It's like who knows what's going to happen with Daniel going forward. Uh, and now let's let's talk about the one thing that we haven't spoke about though, and that was the challenge, um, which was kind of like the most hyped up thing about this episode, and it ended up being I don't want to say it was underwhelming, but I thought it was going to be something a lot bigger at the time. I thought that they were going to completely stop the challenge and like do immunity a different way almost because like that's how big they made it seem. Plus when we started at like eight ten, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, this challenge is going to take up 30 minutes of the show. Um, it really did not take that long. It was just the, they basically completely scratched the water part of the challenge. And then we had the class. I, I like the, uh, the landing, the stuff on the ledges. I think that's always a fun thing, you know, uh, as uh, I saw Chanel tweet a picture of her of her shooting it and said money uh, to JG. Uh, shout out to JG there. But yeah, I always love those type of challenges. They're always uh, it's always like a nail biter. You know what I mean? It's always right down to the wire. It's always I love when it's like uh, one person it's like hanging halfway off and then it falls off. So I, I like the sandbags. Um, good job by and, and by the way, that was and let's just talk about it. that was one of the I think that may be the roughest I've ever seen water in a challenge. Yeah. And that goes like through every season. And at the same time, one of the most legendary performances in a team challenge that we've ever seen before. Even Jeff shouted that out. Jonathan literally carried the team on his back to this win to the fact that they won the challenge before the others even got out of the water. Yeah, I mean, like Jeff said, Jonathan was the hero of the story. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are, you know, t- changing their tune on Jonathan. I think a lot of people had some perceptions of him in the preseason. Like, they knew he was going to be a challenge beast, but they weren't sure if they would like him in the game or how he would be socially. But he's doing very well socially in terms of his position on the tribe. And obviously, physically, he's car- carrying them. And listen, we can just now say for sure the only reason that tribe lost last week was because they put Jonathan on the puzzle. Now, granted, he was calling because he has allowed his voice, but they won the first and the third challenge because Jonathan basically did a lot of the work and he carried them through it. So all they had to do was put, uh, I don't know, like either Omar as the caller or um, maybe Marianne or someone else because putting Jonathan as the puzzle caller was not great. And I think they would have won all three challenges. And to be fair, we did say Ika was going to be a disaster and Ika only barely beats the orange tribe last week but anyway you're right jonathan did everything himself so much so where they finished well before the other tribes now i wonder 
Dylan. And obviously they did it for safety. They didn't want anybody, you know, struggling in terms of potentially drowning or, you know, anybody getting caught under the waves. But I would be curious to know, because sometimes at the bottom of the screen, they show like elapsed time X number. Like I remember one time they, they did a, whenever they do an endurance challenge, you see elapsed time, like two hours, three hours, or one time they had a puzzle where the puzzle lasted an hour. But I was actually thinking they were going to show um, like they've been out in the water for this long, because I wonder like maybe the whole time in his ear, Jeff is talking to the, the, um, the, the crew and is like, we got to get them out of there. I wonder if Taku finished so far in advance that they they were out there for like half an hour and Jeff's like, we got to call this. Yeah. I, look, I got, I got to say, I, I'm not sure how long they were out there. That would have been realistic. Cause it seemed like they were like, like really struggling, like potentially like dangerous struggling. Um, I'm going to guess that they were out there for probably a good seven to 10 minutes after orange finished. I think that that's probably appropriate. Um, seven to 10, five, even maybe even five where like, they just couldn't get the ladder up. And it's like, all right, how long are you going to wait while rocks Roy's like swallowing water stuck under that the ladder? Scary, yeah. That that was scary. I mean, you don't want a situation with Tasha to happen, like with what Tasha happened where she was literally like really in big trouble mm-hmm. and they had to like go get her. Like, that you don't want that. So I think that Jeff made the right decision. It was not like the entire challenge was done in the water. So you were able to do this where you could just say, all right, now we're starting an even playing field. Everyone gets started with this portion and we'll just, we'll just see what happens. But shout out to, uh, to the Ika tribe. I thought Ika was going to lose badly in this. It was just the way it seemed like it was going. And they managed to, you know, put it all together. And, Next thing we know, uh, Ika, as of now, is not the disaster tribe that they thought they were. So shout out to them. We didn't really see a lot of them this challenge, but they did. Uh, I mean, this this episode in general, but we, they did well in the challenge. Yeah, and there, and then as of right now, there is no disaster tribe because they, again, they're all equal. I still think Ika has the most disaster potential, but um, I'd be curious to see tomorrow uh, in Jenny's exit interviews if one of the questions they ask her is, "Can you let us know like how grueling was the challenge or how long were you out there?" And to your point. Will she say, yeah, we were there for like 10 minutes after Taku finished? Or if she was like, no, we were out there for like 30. We were out there for a long, long time before they called it. So I'll be really curious to know what happens there. Um, The one other thing we haven't covered in this episode. Actually, we did cover it with the secret phrase. Dylan, this may be the worst one yet. This is this is so bad. Yeah. What would you have written down? What the exact phrase was? I do like this. We'll go through all of them. But like this may be the worst out of the four or five that we've seen so far. I think it goes something like, it reminds me of the classic tale or just like the classic tale of the bunny rabbit having dinner in the mailbox. I think that's what it is. Now, the soccer one's not that bad because you can look at a challenge and say, oh, this challenge reminds me of soccer and there's so much grace. Like that one's not that bad. The dead relatives one is a is a bit weird, but maybe like if you're very spiritual, you can get away with it. Um um go to an astro turf made sense because nasir was saying it and nasir has like that fun personality and then the other one was the the broccoli and trees was bad this might be the worst one this one like even if you don't see, see 42 never saw 41 so they don't know what the beware advantage really is unless they found the advantage itself but if i'm out there and i hear someone mention bunny rabbits dinner in a mailbox i gotta think it's either some type of code or like, uh, like an advantage or something because that that does not come up naturally in any way shape or form but i feel like from i feel like marianne is like nasir where like they're such like light-hearted people that like they could say it and you won't even like blink an eye like to me like I, honestly this is because i i honestly was not like paying the closest attention to when she read the phrase originally with the advantage but like to me like marianne has said so many like uh like crazy things before before she, she has a crush on zach there you go. right right so like to me it was like oh okay she's just talking again and then i like realized it was like oh, okay she said the phrase mm-hmm. um and, and the way jeff played it off was so funny also jeff was like no i haven't heard that story before <laughs> like so we'll we'll see what happens i think once she mentions it again it's gonna be an immediate red flag um shout out to mike by the way for letting the other tribes say it first instead of just you know kind of being xander and just kind of saying it every tribal um or every well, every channel did, did well, xander actually- did Sanders say it multiple times? I don't really well, remember. Well, he did. And I, I think I think the reason, and I'm, and again, this is why I think, I, you know, we don't love a lot of twists and advantages, but I do think it's kind of cool to see how 42 handles it versus 41. I listened to a podcast that Evie did with Rob, and according to what Evie said, uh, they and Xander were under the impression, because it says in the clue, like, for this idol to work, you must read the phrase. 
I think Xander was under the impression he had to, he must read it right away. Like as soon as he found it, he had to say it. And then I think production clarified afterwards, like, okay, you say it when you want to say it. You don't have to say it each and every time. Because I think the reason why he said it right away before Brad found his was, I think he thought to himself, like, I must say it at every single challenge. So um, yes, you're right. Mike obviously was probably told by production or figured out, you don't, you only say it when you want to say it to become activated. Otherwise you can just wait. And obviously like you saw, you said, He's saying to himself, okay, Marianne clearly said some type of weird phrase. I haven't heard the Blue Tribe say theirs yet. I'm going to wait. And then once I know that they've said it, I will say mine and then we'll be good. And and, and listen, and then Daniel realized that because Daniel reads the fine print and he realizes, well, if we vote Mike out, the beware advantage will just go right back into circulation like it happened last season. So actually that we need to keep him around so we know where the idol is. So that's another key thing too. Right, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when Blue finally uh, does it. Obviously, as we as we mentioned, Mike's in full panic mode where he needs to say it and act, and get his vote back as soon as possible. Um, so I think as soon as Ika sa- as soon as Ika says it, I think it could be as soon as next next episode. As yeah. soon as they say it, you know, Marianne is going to jump to say it. We all know that, and then we know that Mike will be will say it right in the spot. So that's why my prediction is that Mike gets his vote back by the next time they're at tribal council. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to cover? Cause I'm ready to go to questions. Um, no, I, I, I think we're good. I mean, I think that this again, to me felt like in a way, I, except for the beware, it felt like a, uh, again, like a classic episode of survivor. We said that last week where we loved last week's episode. It was great. I thought this was another great episode. We didn't get any uh, backstories, which I know people are always kind of split on that, but we didn't have any of that this week and we had a, a deep strategic end to the episode. So I think this was another great one for the season three episodes. And I think we're going really strong on 42. Yeah, I, I do. I do think I really, I, I really agree. I, I love this episode. Um, I think that it, this episode is up there with the best since 40, in my opinion. So great to see the new era of survivor coming through, but like, you know, like I said, be sure to ask any and all questions. We got time. We're ready to break down further numbers. We're ready to, you know, this is the, again, this is the first time in a while we've really had to break down a lot of numbers and I absolutely love it. Obviously we have Ryan, who's the, the uh, wizard with these, with this type of stuff. (laughs) So uh, yeah, love to see it. Um, Be sure to ask us any and all questions, which we're going to answer right now. Now, once again, just want to remind everyone, be sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. If you're watching and once again, drop any questions you got in the chat. So, um, First question from K Benia 2.0 here. How do you risk your vote when you are so low on numbers? And I, I think that this this you know this was such a major question and a major shock of why Chanel decided to risk her vote. Like you know, you know that it's a two that you two it's a two 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 in a tribe of six. You know that yeah. if you risk your vote and you lose your vote, then all of a sudden it becomes and and you know that mike you know that you know mike's advantage you know mike doesn't have a vote i would think she knew mike doesn't have a vote because she's speaking well she did because 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 daniel told told her right 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 so you know that a three two vote could become a two two vote which is why i'm so shocked she risked it i think it was like an in the moment thing where she just like saw an opportunity to get advantage and was like i have to try it this was crazy to me that she even tried this because honestly it could have sunk it could end up sinking her game so, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I think in tribes of six, it's so hard to risk your vote. And again, we've only seen this shipwheel Island last season and this season, this isn't like a, a season where we have two tribes of nine or two tribes of 10, where there's a lot more, you know, fluidity in terms of the votes. There's so few options in a tribe of six. Um, but to your point, Chanel's good at, at doing the numbers in her head. So I guess in her mind, she knows because Daniel told her, Mike can't vote. So if Mike can't vote, she knows there are five votes. And in her mind, she and um, she and Daniel are with Jenny. So it, w- it would be three to two to get rid of um, Lydia. And I guess in her mind, she probably thinks if Omar and I are good and he wants to, you know, not p- disadvantage me in some way, I can risk it. I'll get an extra vote and then we'll be good. But obviously she reads it wrong or... Someone, someone read it wrong, probably Chanel, but they both obviously risked their vote and they messed up here. And now none of them had a vote at the next tribal. Um, and now she comes back to camp realize, realizing, 
now I don't have a vote. And now it's going to be two to two. So how do we figure this out? She tried to do the plurality vote. That didn't work. But yeah, to Kay Benia's question, I mean, I, I would like to say I, I would make great TV and be aggressive, but I feel like in a tribe of six, I would play it so safe. Maybe if I went to Shipwheel Island at the merge, it'd be different. But if I'm in a tribe of six, I can't risk my vote there when you see what happens tonight when you risk your vote. So I don't know how that happens. And I'm going to go off on a limb here and say, and we didn't mention this before, but Omar loses his vote. I would not be surprised if Marianne um, get, could, well, actually it may not matter. Right now only two people could vote. That's Jonathan and Lindsay. That's Jonathan and Lindsay are the only two people that could vote. So let, let's just let's just hope that uh now do we know if uh do we know if Marianne could give her extra vote to somebody if she doesn't have a vote? Ooh, see now we get into a whole thing about like if something is non-transferable or if it is. Um I think if you can't vote. The extra vote doesn't matter because I think Xander also had an extra vote last season along with his beware and he couldn't vote. He couldn't use the extra vote even though he also had no vote. So he couldn't use it. Now, could he have given the extra vote to like a Tiffany or a Liana? Maybe. I feel like if it says in the rules that it's non-transferable, then he can. So that's a really good question. I'll be curious to know if we get to a 2-2 situation on – actually, sorry, technically – uh, 2-0 on Taku if Jonathan and Lindsay are the only ones that can vote I'd be curious to know if Marianne can give her extra vote to somebody or if she can't vote at all with anything yeah if so yeah having two votes is scary obviously for Omar and Marianne who can't vote I think Omar's in a great spot with everybody though so I, I think he should be okay Marianne is gonna have to worry um, and we'll see what happens there I just think it's interesting that right now only two people could vote there but I want to move on to the next question yep mm -hmm. So, um, we have, let's see what we got. I here. think Christian is the next question. Yes. We have a question, a question from Christian. He says, Jonathan's preseason bio and interview, how he wants to break the, in, uh, individual immunity record, uh, with five, depending on his post-merge longevity, I could see that being a reality. What's your guy's opinion? I'm going to say that this is certainly possible based on what we've seen. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, this is the risk that you run if you're a survivor, um, by, by you're putting a guy who's so strong and dominant and he seemingly has, he's, he's seemingly going to be, and, and there, there are plenty of athletic girls in the season. You got Lindsay, you got Drea. Um, but he's seemingly going to be unrivaled when it comes to anything physical. So I, I think that where his downfall will come in the individual challenge is probably, I would say anything balance related, he's going to probably struggle with more than others. That being said, if these challenges happen to be more physical and he gets lucky, then I could see him, yes, making a run. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, it's a very hard uh, club to get into. You have Mike, your Mike Holloways, uh, you have your, you know, your Brad Culpeppers, people who have won five times, and it's a very exclusive club. And I and I would have said before the season, maybe Jonathan can, but it's going to be hard. But this guy can really do everything. Um, but you know, I, I think that's why I one of the reasons why I love Survivor is because not all the immunity challenges are physical. Some of them are, and some of them have puzzles. And people have always said, Jeff included, the puzzles are the great equalizer. You know, puzzles ensure that you can't just muscle your way to a challenge win. Sometimes you need to use your smarts and win a puzzle or whether it's a slide puzzle or whatnot. Um, now, the thing is, Jonathan obviously is so strong, he can win a lot of these challenges, but sometimes they have challenges involving weight where you have to lift, you know, a third of your body weight. And obviously that's, it, that makes it equal because then everybody has weights that's comparative to their body size. Uh, the thing is, though, Jonathan has the world record for most pull-ups on his back with 100 pounds, so I feel like that's not going to matter. So to answer Christian's question, it's a very real possibility unless he doesn't win like an endurance challenge or if he gets at a puzzle. But he could certainly, he could certainly beast out a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm just looking for the next uh, question here. So we have another one from Christian. He says, do you think Vati Tribe is going to lose the next challenge since uh, it's hurt their morale when they lose Jenny? I don't know if that's going to matter that much for a challenge. Like, I don't think Jenny, I think, it, you know, if it comes down to a puzzle, they could be in trouble because Jenny was one of the strongest at puzzles maybe in the entire game and on this entire cast. 
Um, I think, but I think that they should be fine. They still have five. Uh, I think they're still going to be a pretty, pretty good tribe in terms of challenges, but you know, I think it is pretty even, you know, that's uh, something that I like to see. So, uh, I honestly don't know if there's going to be, I think the only thing is like, given Jonathan being that dominant, like I could see them maybe not losing the rest of the time, but they're already down to four. So, you know, I I could see green and blue being, you know, battling it out these next few. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I'm just laughing because, I would like to say what I think, but I've been wrong every week where we had the first episode. I'm like, okay, Taku ain't going to lose ever again. And then they lost. And then I said, okay, well, yeah, Taku may be lost, but I still think Ika's our disaster tribe. And then Ika won this week and Vatsi lost. So clearly I'm not good at reading the, the challenges this season because every tribe has been super equal in this. I do think to answer Christian's question, Taku, the orange tribe still seems like the best tribe because they have Jonathan. And like you mentioned, there are some other strong people kind of but jonathan is far and away the strongest person in the season and the strongest guy by far and i just think that if he if there's any type of physical component with him they're going to win and they only lost last week because he was on, on the puzzle as the caller and they barely barely lost so i think like you mentioned it's going to come down to either blue or green again i think taku's going to keep winning and i just think that I just think it's gonna it's gonna wear down because obviously if you look at who sat out, I just noticed this as well. Romeo sat out twice now for Ika, and Daniel sat out now twice for Vati, and now Lydia joined him. The same people keep sitting out. Like you know, these people, you know, if you don't keep rotating people out when you sit out, it's gonna kind of become tough on those who have to keep running the challenge every single time. Although you could argue with you know Sandra and Courtney when people sit out all the time, it's fine. But um, yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna be a morale thing. I wonder though, between green and blue, who's going to lose the next challenge. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Uh, next question from K Benia 2.0. Will other tribes go to rocks since some players don't have votes? It's tough to say, but like I said, it being a two zero. Uh, or I should say it being two votes on the orange tribe, that is a red flag. I think rocks are possible. The only thing is Lindsay and Jonathan appear to be on the same side right now. They're the only, they're the only two that could vote. So you would think that they're going to be able to come to a consensus of who to vote out between Omar and Marianne. Um, I would think Marianne's more in trouble there. I don't really know if I see orange going to rocks, even though theoretically would be possible if Lindsay and Jonathan turn on each other. Um, we're going to have to see what happens with the, with the blue tribe though. Um, I think that the, the, the goal of having all these people lose votes was to make situations like this more, more likely where you have not a lot of votes. So there's not a lot of places to hide. So you have to make these tough decisions. Um, so I could definitely see it happening. I just, I'm not sure that anyone is willing to go to rocks this early in the game. I mean, think about it. You, um, you wait your whole life to play this game. You apply you are one of the lucky, lucky people that actually get on and get selected to be on this show. Are you going to go out on day seven because of drawing the wrong rock? Like if I was in Daniel's spot, I think the move you like you, you, you know, it, it's easy to sit on your couch and it's easy to say, oh, I mean, high, high hat to, you know, put his life on the line. Like that's a tough move. That's a really tough move to make. Like you have, you have to really, you know, be a brave person to do that personally on day seven if you're in the decent spot that daniel is i mean you can't you can't go to rocks in that situation you just you just can't do it like you you cannot the most you know you could you could talk about numbers you could talk about all this numbers are not important if you're not in if you're not in the game so you know you you can't if you're in daniel's spot you can't risk rocks i just think rock you know risking rocks is a lot to ask for pre-merge um, I'm excited. I'm happy and excited that we got that opportunity tonight where it was a possibility. I just don't know how many players would be willing to go to rocks this early in the game. So we're gonna have to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, a, a good question because to your point, I, I feel like if I was playing the game, I would never go to rocks. I mean, maybe if it was like at the merge, it's down to the final seven or eight. And I really wanted to make sure my rider died and left like high. And I'm, I'm very proud of Hyatt for kind of saying, I need Lydia here as a number and I'm not going to let her go. Um, but I feel like I, I just would never want to go home to do a rock. So I wouldn't risk it. And I think this is a good question because, you know, looking at the tribes now, everyone on the blue tribe has their votes unless someone finds the beware advantage because yeah, Drea risked her vote last week or in the first episode to get the extra votes. But now she, I think she should still have her vote back now that they go back to tribal council. So everyone will have a vote 
unless someone finds a beware advantage. We talked about the Orange Tribe, Omar, and um, Marianne can't vote. So it would come down to Jonathan and Lindsay, and I think they would vote out Marianne there because they're not going to turn on each other. And then back on Vati, now Mike is the only one who can't vote. So that will be interesting there. Um, last question I think that we have right now is from Kay Benia in terms of why did Jeff out Mike and Chanel? So this was interesting to me because I, I, I was I saw this on Twitter as well because people, you know, they don't want Jeff interfering with, you know, the game or trying to influence people. But I I feel like it's public knowledge, though, because obviously High knows that he voted and only one other person voted and Daniel knows he voted. And when Chanel comes back from camp, well, first of all, everybody knows basically that Mike can't vote because Mike told Jenny and Daniel and Daniel told Chanel. So Daniel knows that Chanel can't vote. So he knows he's one of them. And he probably assumes high is the other. He knows high is the other because Mike can't vote. So Daniel knew where the two votes were. In terms of high, high, I guess in high's mind, when he asked where the other votes, he didn't know where the other votes were. So do you, do you have a problem with this? Like, do you think like this is a problem that Jeff said anything or do you think like it was kind of known? I think the reason, and this is what I think the answer to the question is, the reason why he had to say it out loud. By the way, I think that everyone knew who who didn't vote. Um, I think it was pretty obvious that Chanel went off and everyone knew that about the Mike's thing. So I think it was, I, I think it was really only high. I, I think it was really only high and Lydia that didn't know this was a thing with, you know, th- didn't really know this was a thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the other four did. And I think that Mike, uh, that high probably f- was able to figure it out. Um, that being said, I think the reason why Jeff had to say it is because Mike and Chanel were unable to play a role in the decision of who went home. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That's why he had to so, say it. Because, yeah. So, so right. yes. So they, so they were not able to, they couldn't vote and be like, they, they couldn't vote and be like, uh, I'm saying Lydia should go home. I'm saying Lydia should go home. They couldn't say that. So it, Jeff had to make it clear that this was just a decision that Daniel and High had to make. Yeah. Because I think if you go back to the Cambodia travel council with Kimmy, you know, everybody there, that was discussing who to send home between uh, Kimmy and uh, Keith, um, they all were able to vote. And if they didn't come to a decision, they were going to, you know, draw rocks. So um, what's it called? Uh, so, so you're completely right in your answer to Kay Benia's question where Jeff had to point out, so there will be four rocks drawn if you don't come to a consensus, but only two of you are going to make the decision because only two of you cast a vote. So when he says to Daniel and hi, eventually, what is your decision? They would then realize, okay, well, if he's not asking for Chanel and Mike's decision, that means they didn't vote. So that's why he had to out them to make sure the rules were clear. Like two of you only voted in the revote. So two of you will make the decision. Chanel and Mike can give their opinion on this, but they are not allowed to have a say in this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm crazy. Crazy. Yeah, they he had to do it because that they they couldn't and honestly it, it played a role in Chanel's strategy of just letting them decide. Um, we'll see how that works for her because I think it was not a great look for her to just kind of withdraw from all questions. I think it makes her look a lot more guilty um, as you know wanting Lydia out. But I think you know we knew that she wanted Lydia out because Daniel voted Lydia. Like this was you know not a secret. It's just the way that Daniel presented it that's going to get Daniel possibly in trouble. So we'll see what happens. Um, that is it for questions, but I know a lot of people will be watching, you know, not live and after. So if you have any questions, feel th- feel free to throw it in the comments um, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. You know, obviously we all love breaking down the numbers and stuff with crazy tribals like this. Um, but I have a feeling that this is the first of many crazy tribals we get uh, this season based on, you know, the cast that we have, um, it looks like, you know, people know what they're doing. It looks like people came there to play. And I think that this cast is handling a lot of things a lot better um, than the season 41 cast. And it could lead to better gameplay at the end. And it could also lead to um, what Survivor wants to happen with this happening more. So I, I think I have high hopes for the rest of the season. High hopes. Um, <laughs> the jokes never end. Um, listen. <laughs> I, I, I agree just quickly to end this up. You know, I, I love this cast so much. You know, I do feel bad for 41 because I think 41 had um, mixed opinions. Some people loved it. Some people really didn't like it. And I think that's due to, you know, it, it was such a big change from 40 and we had the long off season. So I think it was just a tough spot for them. And, you know, like you said, some things were handled better than others. But overall, I love this 42 cast and three episodes in. I think it's a really great season. Um, there's a lot of content. I think also the thing is, 
this cast also feels more equal. And I, I know we talked about this with, you know, all the tribes winning a challenge so far, Dylan, but you know, last season we kept saying, okay, well, even though we didn't know Erica was going to win, we were like, okay, well, Shan seems like, seems like the front runner. And then when Shan left, it was going to be Ricard and like, oh, maybe it's Deshaun and Xander has a lot of power this season. I know we're still only three episodes in there. You can make a case for a lot of these people getting to the end and winning. It's a very even cast. There's not like one or two clear front runners at this point. Like you could have said Daniel last week. Cause Daniel was in a great spot with everybody. Now you can't say that anymore. So it's a pretty even cast across the board. I would say. Yeah, I think last season, I think th this has to do with Ua going to tribal like every time, the green True. tribe last season. Like, I think everyone saw Shan as like the one running the show at this point. Everyone kept saying Shan, 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 and no one was really talking about anybody else. Um, and I, I think this this season, it's very, we're getting a good taste of everybody. And I think that's, you know, the editors realized their faults the last season. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens going forward for sure. It's but, a great uh, season so far, yeah. Yeah, want to just uh, one more time shout out to everybody listening. Shout out to everybody who is watching live and drop questions. Be sure to drop more questions in the comments. Um, we will get back to you. Um, be sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you may listen. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Follow us on social media. Uh, at uh, at, at uh, Soul Survivor Pod on Twitter, at Soul Survivor Pod on Instagram. The links are in the description below. Um, so yeah, be sure to do all that. And yeah, that seems like uh, that's it for tonight. But a great, great episode tonight. Great episode, Dylan. Always fun to break it down with you and always glad to talk to people in the chat. Um, got nothing else for you. So as always, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.